Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, Redcasters, be sure to subscribe to our channel and ring the bell to be notified about our latest videos. Go Big Red. Welcome to the Go Big Redcast, the Husker Fan Sports Show. Welcome to the Go Big Redcast. I'm your host, David Gaspers, and I'm with Boomer. Well, welcome again to the Go Big Redcast, the uh, Husker fan podcast who's guaranteed to take a knee when we're winning the, winning by the end of the show. Thank goodness. <laughs> we, we, we have that coach on our side. Apparently, Miami does not. We'll yep. talk about that a little bit. Uh, what an insane end of game. Also, with Talon, the, the Redcast Strong. How are you guys doing today? Happy to be here. That's it? That's it, Talon? You're just yeah, happy? Yeah, I'm just not- happy. I'm not static. We got the win on Friday, you know, so we're we're building right now. So building block. That's right. Absolutely. All right, guys. Well, we got a little bit of a, an abbreviated show. Uh, I think Honky's taking the the week off. Well earned. Man was producing like three shows a week for months. It felt like so uh, he's uh, kicking back and relaxing. Uh, Rob did a great show last night with Chancellor Brewington, former uh, Nebraska H back tight end, whatever he was playing there, um, and uh, was, was I think he had Abby something on with him too, didn't he, Boomer? Uh, so that's yes, awesome. Correct. Yeah, I'll be done. Yeah, we're just always expanding the red cast net, obviously. So uh, we'll uh, talk a little Husker football, just what we thought of Friday night's victory against the Fighting Illini and what um, the team needs to do over the bye week here, getting ready for uh, Northwestern and Hopefully, a as Honky always wants, a, a kind of a win streak, so we get some momentum, and uh, maybe we can start talking about uh, bowl trips at some point. Um, but and then we'll uh, break down uh, this week's games. A lot of good stuff out there. A lot of good games. Ranked versus ranked should be fun. Uh, all right, so let's talk all things Husker football with scarlet colored glasses. And uh, yeah, I mean a twenty to seven victory. It was not pretty. I think I texted. Uh, many of you, both you guys, uh, probably on on Friday night, saying it was massively frustrating, but a victory all the same. And I think a lot of people had that same feeling, you know, with how many turnovers in the fourth quarter inside the twenty, and how many times we had a chance to kind of put the nail in the coffin there against a, a really struggling um, fighting Illini team. But but Boomer, a win's a win. I think Tom Chattel really called it in his article a couple of days ago, where like don't don't apologize for winning, right? And you know what, we won. Yeah, that's all. That's probably the best thing to take away from this. Uh, which uh, I can't remember which program it was that would always put that in their weekly, you know, release for the press. Is a win is always better than a loss, and it is. <laughs> yes. I mean, and that's what you have to take in this case. I mean, this is Miami. Know, yeah, exactly. But you know, we're not at the point where you can sit there and just 
we're not one as a program as a team where you can just sit there and afford to criticize every last little bits of a game you know in, in a win you know like you, you might have done you know decades ago it's just that's not what yeah, we are and that's totally. what we're at as a program so yeah you know take those wins for what they are and the program itself you know will learn hopefully as the season goes on and that's all you can do i mean you know we make fun of iowa a lot but they win ugly but they win and you know that matters i mean would you and they don't apologize for it. The way Iowa does right now, probably. So yeah, yeah. Just exactly. take what is. There's things you can criticize, and that's you know that's fair. But uh, that's what you know teams that are growing or kind of where we're at, and seems like the entire Big Ten West is at right now. That's just what it's going to be for the rest of the season. So yeah, if you don't like you it, know, buckle up, I guess, folks. You know, if you compare talent, if you compare Friday night's victory versus Illinois versus our loss versus Minnesota. Uh, there's some similarities there in the sense that we had multiple multiple turnovers in the fourth quarter that gave life to the other team. Uh, difference was that Minnesota was able to capitalize on it uh, finally. And, and the reality is, is that uh, against uh, Illinois, you know, the defense shut them down. Right. And so uh, do you think that's growth uh, on the side of Nebraska or are they learning how to win? Yeah, no, I think that's a big, big thing with it is, I think you also look at, like, we had a missed field goal against Minnesota in that first game, and in this game, he makes two of them. So, I mean, it's just little, little details. Um, we only create one turnover against Minnesota. We create two against Illinois. We get sure. the, uh, the kickoff that bounces our way. There's just a lot of things that don't And capitalized on it, yeah. Yeah, and there's yep. just a lot of things, I think, that happened in the Illinois game that, you know, there's a lot of games that, you know, last six years where we lose the turnover battle and it looks ugly and we lose – Probably ninety-five percent of those games. So I think it is good that we could, we could actually win one of those ugly games for a change. And and I think it it's nice that we get this bye week to kind of build off it, get healthy. Um, yeah, it was. Just, there's a. I think there's a lot of growth with that comes with that game against Illinois. Yeah, yeah. You know, Boomer, I, I I'm shocked to to learn. I just like sometimes you just want to forget past seasons, especially the last six years. But I was reminded this week we were three and three the last two seasons. Is that right? I think we were three and three going into that. <clears throat> that sounds right. Yeah, I would think that would be correct. Yeah. And then last year we got to three and three, and I can't remember who it was. But then I mean, like you know, um, in both instances, went on significant losing streaks there. <laughs> um, that that's it, it. Just feels different this year, though, for some reason. I don't know. Maybe it's because of the coaching staff. Maybe it's because of the schedule, right? We do have this this opportunity here. You have Northwestern at home after a bye, and you've got Purdue. Purdue's playing better than expected. I'm, nothing is given here, but it's an opportunity. It's not like they are significantly better than you by any means. That might be a really defensive-minded game there. Um, yes. And then you get Michigan State, who by that point might be completely checked out. Uh, up in East Lansing because I mean they'll be what might be three and five at that time or whatever, right? So, um, it, do you feel different? Is it not the same as past years with this three and three? Uh, yeah, I think I think you probably hit the nail on the head with that. I mean, you do have that fresh sense so that it's a new staff and you you kind of have that runway, you know, like we've talked about, you know, with prior staffs. I mean, some of them seem to have four or five year runways and never did manage to get off the ground, <laughs> but. Now this this year they've you know they've got the time I think most fans understand that and in all honesty the schedule is weak I mean yeah it's if they're gonna be, be rebuilding a team and you know trying new things and suffering the injuries we've had and have to kind of piece things together with duct tape and chewing gum 
this is the schedule to do it on because I mean, even like last year, I think when we were three and three, what did we have left? Illinois was good last year. Yeah, they were ranked. Right. We had Michigan coming up, and you know, yeah, I think you still was... had you still had to end with Minnesota, Wisconsin, and Iowa. I think if I remember yep. last year's schedule, you got it. So yeah, much more intimidating than than what we have in front of us right now. I mean, not saying every one of these games is a guaranteed win. I mean, no. You could lose every one of these games. You could win every one of these games at this point, and you know. It's, I think I think Matt Rule said the same thing. Yeah, really this so week. there's you know, nothing. The truth. Nothing for sure here, which kind of at least adds a bit of zest to watching these games, which otherwise might seem terrible. So. Yeah, I mean, I think the critical thing is to win a, a couple of these these next three, and then it'll be really interesting if you can just you know can you get to six right away, or do you have to find an upset there? Talon, the yeah. question is: is is the team going to be? intact enough to get to six wins right the injuries have stacked up marcus washington now says acl is out um there's just not that many bodies left we're gonna see some young wide receivers out there but i mean if you're gonna do that this is the time of the bye week right yeah it has to be and i think it it's kind of nice to actually get these young guys in playing now i mean i think all year we've been playing a ton of different young guys on the defense so i think yeah that's a good point Rule is just, I think this is a really good year that if we can get a ton of experience for these guys and, and win, you know, get to a bowl game, get that extra practice time, get an extra game in, I think that's going to be huge to even rebuild this program for the next season. And I just think it's great that we've got a lot of guys with uh, some eight-man football experience because we might be playing that by the, the way this season's going by the end. So the injuries. So. <laughs> yeah, we just that's not, right. can't catch a break. That's right. I mean, you know, guard eligible football is always what I'm looking for. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's something I don't. And I think if, if they could do this, if they can put this together, I, I mean, the, the, we're not going to have one pretty win. Let's just be honest about that. We, I think the problem with some of these expectations, Rob had an interesting text on, I think it was on Saturday morning. And he was like, it's, it's almost unhealthy. That this fan base can't just like enjoy a win. Right. You know, and I think some of that comes from, this like long-standing entitlement of being a blue blood and just expecting more, right? Even when you shouldn't, right? But the reality is, is we just got to figure out how to get the six wins, get more bowl practices, talent point, build the program finally by starting to be able to be, um, you know, uh, extending our season essentially. Um, and this is the year, right? I mean, I just feel like you you got a shot here to build some momentum. It was even with these injuries. And if the coaching staff can pull it off, um, even if it's just by winning 20 to 7, um, that, that's going to be a good coaching job. That's the reality of it. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Heck, might even put you up for a Big Ten coach of the year if you can scrape something together out of that. You know, I mean, somebody has yeah. to be, right? So, I mean, yeah. You know, so, yeah. And and I think, like you said, Dave, I think you do want to get these three wins, you know, the three additional wins as quick as possible. Ideally, right now, yeah. I'd, I'd hate to have to go into, you know, those last three games trying to try to win two of those. Yeah. That would, that would be tough. And I wouldn't want to guarantee I mean, that, but to, yeah. To knowing our fan base that you win these next three and we get six and three, they'll have unreal expectations for the last. Three, right? Well, yes, but we'll, we'll play it by game by game. So, but well, hey, just winning three games in a row would be an accomplishment for this team. So that hasn't happened since has to be right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's no the 2016 when they went seven or no. Well, it's been a while. <laughs> So, it's that yeah, it's insane yeah. right we haven't stacked wins on on each other in a long long time any uh any takes on the quarterback situation you sense that uh harberg's the guy um will they try to work sims back in only an emergency situation what do you think go ahead 
I just think I think at this point Harburg's the guy unless he just comes into practice and doesn't you know work hard he's throwing bad turnovers um I I would assume he's the guy I don't necessarily know if there's still I think there's belief in Sims but I think with how Harburg's played these four starts I mean how can you necessarily look at that and go oh he's gone three and one let's let's take him out you know and he hasn't yep. looked bad in any of them I think the Michigan game everyone looked bad so that's kind of an asterisk by it no one necessarily looked any good um you know he's not the greatest passer but he's 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 going to continue to work on it he's going to get better I, I don't think he's hit a ceiling you know, he has a strong time. arm yeah he needs to, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah yeah oh, so i think um he, assume he's the guy yep yeah that, that that would make sense i mean i wouldn't shock me if we saw sim some coming out of this bye week playing against northwestern you know if he's healthy the coaches just might want to get him back out there just to get some reps in just in case something would happen you know, down the line. Knock the rust off. Yeah. Yeah, so it, it wouldn't be a terrible idea. And ideally, yeah, you'd like to think we could push Northwestern the same way Howard did, you know, so we ought to be able to, <laughs> to hopefully win that game quasi-comfortably. So you, you might have that more opportunities to do something like that. But, yeah, right now I think you're probably just going to see Harburg starting for the rest of the season on something like, you know, yeah. Talon said was horribly awry. And, or the turnover oh. bug bites him. You know, he has been flirting with a lot of turnovers, but luckily, you know, yeah. for some reason, he's beginning to bouncing his way for the most part. Yeah. So that might be another reason, you know, if if that worm turned on us again, so which has in the past. So Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the turnovers, I mean, he could have thrown almost three in a row, it felt there at the end of the first half. And, I mean, Satterfield needs to put him in better spots there. I don't know what was going on there where they – seen seen if they had something where he he could you know react under that pressure but it, it didn't look good uh and it's far better when uh it's it's run first and uh throw second so yeah that, that was a little scary you know i was just thinking northwestern has got to have obviously one of the weirdest seasons of all time considering they lost their head coach you know getting fired a few weeks before the season starts but i mean so they I mean, remember this they they Came back and beat Minnesota, and yep, they were by down. scoring, yeah, three touchdowns in the fourth quarter, and then winning in overtime, and then they they are tied at Penn State at half, yep. and then get blown out. It's actually it was a home game there, but they get blown out in the second half. But they're tied, so for like six quarters, or at least the fourth quarter of Minnesota and the first two of Penn State, suddenly they looked somewhat decent. Then they yep. get blown out. Then then this week they're up, I think, by a couple scores against Howard, which is this you know, an FCS school and then let's Howard come back in the fourth quarter and only lose by three. What a weird, weird season, huh? I mean, wow. It's, uh, you know, kind of an apotheosis of the big 10 West really. I mean, might as well just <laughs> that's fair. weird piled onto each other. Yeah. Just the hell, you know, yeah. all right. Well, let's make sure that maybe this one will be weird because we'll just blow them out and uh, we'll be good to go. Right. I don't know. The last time you we know, dream. it didn't end well the rest of the season. So, our broadcast Rob listening in here says that Harburg will go 10 and one as the starter. Be given the key to the city, entire state of Nebraska. Okay, Rob. Sounds good. Do we have a key for um, the state? I don't know. Maybe we need one. Yeah. I don't know if we did, I'd lock the door and I'd let Rob back in. <laughs> Just joking. I'm kidding you, Rob. I'm kidding you. You're always welcome in the state. Um, all right, guys. Uh, anything else on the Huskers before we turn our attention to uh, college football's uh, best games of the week? Nope. Good All to right. The BetCast Picks of the Week. All right, guys. 
we are looking at um, our best bets of the week. Uh, we got some games here lined up we can talk about. Good good slate again. Um, last week was, was also entertaining. Uh, let's start uh, with uh, a classic SEC rivalry here, Boomer. The Aggies of Texas A&M going into uh, Tennessee to take on the Volunteers. Um, Josh Heupel's crew favored by three. Do you think that's justified? Uh, yeah, I've had a tough, tough time picking this one. Um, I think the home field probably does help Tennessee in this one. I don't, I don't have a good sense for either of them at this point. Um, they've kind of yeah. both disappointed me when I have, you know, put anything on them so I, far this season. I don't like yeah. either quarterback right now. No, Colin, right. I don't I mean, at this point. Yeah. Joe Milton, Max Johnson. I, I don't know who to take there. No, I mean, and then did play. Alabama reasonably close, so they had you know they had chances in that game and and could have possibly won, but yeah, I don't know. It's just <laughs> I'd lean towards Tennessee simply because they're at home. That would be it. So nothing nothing more clever or in depth than that. So yep. yeah, yeah, I don't agree with Boomer just because Tennessee's home, but um, I think Texas A&M defense, Texas A&M's defense is going to come out. They're going to play tough. I think they have one of the talent, most talented rosters in the entire country. They just don't know how to yeah. use. It. Right. I mean, they just they get four and five stars every way you look at it, and they just can't ever put together a good season. I don't know if that's just Jim Fisher not being, you know, an effective coach anymore, or if they just yeah yeah too high before the season. I, I don't know, but yeah, I would definitely take Tennessee in this game. Just being at home, I think Joe Milton can kind of open that defense up just on the long ball. I think they got a ton of speed at receiver, so I like the. All right, all right. I don't know. I, I might might be the contrarian here. I might go with A and M. I know they're on the road, but. I think Talon, I make a good point. I think if you look at the what, who's the best, what's the best um, group uh, on the field here? It's probably the AM defense, but um, it, it, I'd imagine this is going to be a tight game. We'll see. All right, uh, let's move out west and look at one of the premier matchups of the season and an important one here in the Pac-12. Um, you know what, Boomer? I got to mention this. Last week, the Pac-12 network had like three or four like really good games on it. I think it was. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and like eight and people like, in the country could watch them. You know, yeah. It's unbelievable that people wonder in, why the, that in the year of their awesome. demise, they have this this season where they have so many good teams and they had yeah. uh, so many games on last last Saturday. It's just nuts. Yeah, um, that nobody could see. So if that explains why the pac goals imploding. the first that, time I, yeah. yeah. That, it was the first time I actually wanted to have the Pac-12 network. And it didn't happen. And nobody had it. Um. Well, the Ducks uh, visit the Dogs up in Seattle. Uh, Huskies uh, favored by three. Kalen DeBoer's got that offense humming with Michael Penix Jr. and a bunch of really good wideouts. Oregon might be a little bit more of a complete team. Alan, what do you think? I'm taking Oregon. I'm very high on Oregon. I love Bo Nix. I love that defense. Um, they got skill position players every way, every which way, and you, you, you want to look at it. I think Oregon's the better yep. team. They always – they always seem to have really good teams each and every year, and they they win the big games, but they always lose that one game. Where it's like, oh, come on, you know, they always lose to some unranked team that doesn't have anything going for them. So, I'm going to take Oregon. This is a big rivalry game, but I think Oregon goes into Washington and gets the job done. Yeah, absolutely, Boomer. Uh, I'm going to go with Washington. You know, one thing they're right. home, and I think that if, you know. Oregon's games have all been remarkably easy. You know, some of that may be just, you know, Oregon skilled and good. 
but they they haven't really I don't think been tested by anyone yet this season. You know, Washington didn't play particularly well against Arizona you know, a couple of weeks ago, so I think they might have had more of a wake up call and know they're going to be in fights for some of these games. So I think they just might have that slight bit of edge, just you know, having haven't you know having struggled a little bit in a game where Oregon hasn't had to do that. So if Oregon gets punched in the mouth, how are they going to respond? So I think that that'll give Washington a slight edge here. All right, all right, yeah. I think it's going to be a good, really good game. I, I, this is not on the Pac-12 network, um, thank goodness. Um, and we'll go a long way to decide who's going to be playing in um, Las Vegas uh, as one of the representatives of the Pac-12 championship game. Yeah, we're going to find out. It should be loud there in Seattle, no doubt about it. Um, all right, well, one with probably less um, explosive plays um, will be one closer to our backyard where this might determine the Big Ten. First to 10 wins, Iowa at Wisconsin. Badgers favored by 10. Um, I think I've seen that slip back down to nine and a half, maybe. Um, boy, I mean, that, 10 points. I mean, I don't That's a lot considering this game may not score 20 total. What do you think, Talon? So I'm going to take Wisconsin to win, but Iowa's going to cover. There's, I just don't see Wisconsin being able to put up that many points where they went up win by 10. I think Iowa's defense can kind of control the, the defensive line. Um, I like Wisconsin running back, but I just think it's going to be a really tight game where it's like a game-winning field goal wins it for Wisconsin at the end of the game. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Yeah, Wisconsin number one rushing team in in the Big Ten. Iowa's like 12th, actually, because they just don't have any offense. Boomer, what are you thinking? Yeah, 10 points seems like a lot. I think what I'd more interested in, what's the over-under on this, Dave, currently? Last time I it's saw down it was... 34 and a half is what last time I saw it. You know, I might yeah. take the over on that, to be totally honest with you. I think both these teams will somehow... It might not be on offense, but I think they'll both claw their way Special at 20 teams. some points. Yeah, there's. I think you might see this be a you know 23-20 type game. You know, somebody kind of claws that out in the end. Uh, I mm-hmm. certainly not going to you know compare to Oregon, you know Washington. That'll be a fun dichotomy of two different games and two different styles to watch, which are all going to mesh together next year. So that should be entertaining to kind of see our see everyone's futures right here. So yeah, yeah, yeah I, that's right. I mean. That would be two uh, Big Ten games in a row here. Now, Oregon and Washington, they don't play for anything. Is that right, Boomer? I, I don't know if they do. I'll have to double check. So It's kind of surprising. It to mind, but yeah. But Iowa and Wisconsin play for what? They have a trophy, yeah, right? a brass bowl or a golden bowl or something like that, if I remember right. So Yeah, 
like the Heartland Trophy, yeah, the Heartland Trophy or something to that effect. Yeah. Which I'd rather just call it the Brass Bowl. That sounds way yeah, cooler. Yeah, it's way more interesting. Well, it's kind of like our Legends and Leaders trophies. Nobody knows what those are either. So you know. But. Yeah, that's very <laughs> true. The Land Grant Trophy, always my favorite. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, the, this is interesting. I mean, Wisconsin has really rounded into form a little bit more the last month here after losing to, to Washington State and really falling flat out there. Uh, Malusi is out, I think, um, their running back, but uh, Allen, obviously, their number one running back is there. Um, they are running the ball. Um, I, I, I don't know how well they're going to do against that Iowa defense. I, I, I think, I think Talon's right. I think Wisconsin wins this game. Iowa probably covers, and I, I'm, I think 34 and a half is awfully low. So I'm, I'm thinking Boomer might be right. But boy, um, I'm probably going to avoid it because it's just, it's, it's just so hard to take an over in an Iowa game. It is, but yeah, have some fun, live a little. Yeah, let's oh. live a little. All right. Well, Boomer, uh, I, I put this one on just for you because I know you and I both like just talk about trophy games, and uh, this is always a, a interesting one. UNLV at Nevada, going up to Reno. Um, it, Nevada are, is home dogs, nine and a half points. These teams play for the Fremont Cannon, I believe. Correct. Yes. Do you, Named after you have any C. idea Fremont. about UNLV and Nevada's 0-5, but they've been covering <laughs> like mad, so... Um, can they cover the nine and a half is the question. Uh, yeah, I have no idea on this game. I haven't <laughs> watched either. Like you said, I mean, if you're on five, but covering, I mean, they're I scrappy. Mean, what is UNLV? What have they done this year? Any idea? No, not very good. No. But that's one I would definitely shy away from for lack of research or lack of watching any of them. So, but All right, well, I'm, I'm presuming it's a late night game. Like, I don't know when this is, uh, but uh, Talon, you have any, any take on, um, this uh, Silver State matchup. Let's go with UNLV. You know, I, right. I, I don't have any idea. I, I think I watched the Nevada game. They played Fresno State. It, it looked ugly, and they so covered. They did cover, but they look atrocious on offense. It it looks bad. yes, they do. But it's a rivalry game. You got to throw all those records out. So <laughs> right, and the cannon might be shot off. I mean, you got to be careful over there. I think they're actually trying right, to get a real cannon, though. The, the one they currently have isn't is a, is a fake oh, one. So it's not. It doesn't fire a lot. I don't believe so, really. but I think they're actually trying to get a real one. So yeah, I, I, that'll I, add some zest so. to it as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. Um. Well, I I don't think this SEC matchup has a has a trophy uh, associated with it yet. But Mizzou coming off a stinging loss there against LSU, where they really could have had that game, um, against Kentucky. Uh, not an extinguishing loss. They got routed by Georgia. Got put put in, in their proper place. Kentucky's still um, getting uh, giving two and a half points away to Mizzou. I, I I like the Tigers here, but I mean I don't know. What do you think, Boomer? Yeah, I'd kind of agree with you on that too. I mean, this is a game to see which team can rebound from you know two different styles of bad losses that that last minute heartbreak and just getting curb stomped. But uh, I. From what I've seen, I, I like Missouri. I think they're just more capable, you know, for four quarters of play. I like what I've seen out of them. And, you know, Kentucky, you know, maybe your fans can throw some money on this game so you guys can hire some better players or, you know, <laughs> or your coach suggested, you know, buy some better players for, for it. Just, I don't know, just some thought if any Wildcat fans are out there. 
Oh yeah, Mark Stoops and his NLL comments. Those those are good. Talon, what do you think here? I'm gonna take Missouri. I was completely wrong about Kentucky playing Georgia. I thought Kentucky was gonna play Georgia close, and they got routed from from the jump. So um, yeah, I feel like Georgia does that every year though. They kind of mess with you for the first four games, and then they get kind of talked bad on, and then they're like, oh, we'll, we'll turn it on for this game, and then just go and absolutely route some ranked opponent. So. I was completely wrong on that, but I'll take Missouri. I like I like uh, Brady Cook. I think he's a good quarterback. So, and yeah. Devin, yeah, he's yeah. falling off a cliff. I mean, he can't hit an open receiver down the field to save his life. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's his injury. He's never. I don't think he's fully healed somehow, right? He's like it's his mechanics have been messed up. It feels like so. That's, yeah, that's, that's one of the most accurate quarterbacks in the country two years ago yeah. when he was at NC State and just. Just cannot find it now. It's it's absolutely absurd what's happened to the guy. Yeah, yeah. One of those transfers that uh, just doesn't look like it's going to really pan out for for either side. I have no idea what that feels like. <laughs> um. All right. Let's uh let's talk about uh, USC Notre Dame. Notre Dame's already played seven games. It feels like outside of them curb stomping Navy in Ireland every week is just a, it's an absolute gauntlet they've gone through. Uh, and uh, last week it caught up to them for this, their second loss of the, the season against Louisville where uh, they just did not have it. Um, now USC comes into town. Uh, this is our first of the games of a bad clock or game management where uh, the Trojans ultimately won 43-41 last late Saturday night in triple overtime, I believe, um, versus Arizona but easily could have lost that and um, really should have been able to score a go-ahead touchdown and uh, in regulation uh, kind of screwed around, didn't execute a couple of plays. It seemed like they were open to score and then um, got a timeout called on the first field goal that would have won them the game. And the second one, they had a bad snap and then they went into overtime and you're just like, Oh my goodness. Uh, talk about lack of execution boomer on special teams. You think uh, the Trojans will just score too many points for the Irish here, or do you think Notre Dame bounces back? Yeah, this is a tough one. I mean, both these teams, have, you know, for the, like the last three weeks, essentially, they've just kind of been playing with fire in all their games. And it's it's bit Notre Dame, you know, several times, you know, losing to mm-hmm. Ohio State, and they just didn't have anything against Louisville. They just didn't seem to be able to compete or you know score to keep up with that. And USC, I mean, gosh, week in, week out, it's, you know, Arizona State, they didn't look great. Colorado, they let them back in that game and could have, you know, that could have been trouble. And, geez, that game against Arizona. But I think USC will just be capable of scoring a few too many points. Um, then the Notre Dame will be able to keep up with. Uh, yeah, and plus, if you're Notre Dame, you, you know, you got to be a little down now that realistically your chance at a playoff is gone. I mean, with that loss to Louisville, I mean, you're not getting back in with that now. So, yeah, we'll just see how emotionally ready you know you, our Notre Dame is for this game. So maybe USC will wake up a little bit and play a little better defense. I don't have a lot of faith in their defense, but I'm not convinced Notre Dame will score enough to to keep up in the long run. So. Yeah, I mean Notre Dame's offense has really been anemic for most of the season here. Um, but if you can get right on against any defense, it is the USC defense because they just they don't seem to put up a fight. Talon, what are you thinking? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to take USC. I think. Caleb Williams is just going to be too good for Notre Dame. Uh, I think best get, player on the field wins, huh? Yeah. Well, I don't. I mean, I think USC is going to lose to uh, probably Oregon and Washington this year. I think they're the third or fourth mm-hmm. best in the Pac-12. But I think Notre Dame's yeah. offense and Sam Hartman looked awful against Louisville. I think he threw 
three picks and maybe a fourth weight hasn't lived up to what they were kind of expecting him to be coming into this season. So I would take USC just because I think they're going to be able to put up 35 and Notre Dame just not going to be able to keep up with that pace. Yeah, no, that's that's fair. Maybe you just you're gambling on this. You might take the USC team total to be on the safe side. I think you're guaranteed they're going to put some points up. Yeah, that offense is just, they're too good. They're just that. Caleb Williams is an absolute freak. He's going to be the number one pick in the draft. He's just that good. So, Yeah, and, and he doesn't have the surrounding cast with him. He doesn't have a, a really a great running back. The wide receiver core is not the same. He really is scrambling and have to kind of like just making stuff up, but he's still still that good. Well, that line isn't very good, so he's kind of just making plays up as he goes, and you know, guy. I mean, it's pretty easy to get a guy open downfield after you've been running around the field for five seconds. Yeah, you know, yeah. So. that's exactly right. Yeah. All right, all right. Well, a couple more here, and we'll, we'll get out of here. This is one that will be fun to talk about. Boomer, um, can you walk me through the sequence of events? How Miami lost that game last week to Georgia Tech. Yeah, as long as they don't fumble trying to do it, but it's <laughs> I I guess I'd, ne- I'd forgotten Cristobal has done this before, and I guess yeah. it's just kind of his thing to not Oregon. But <clears throat> holy crap, I remember you know tweeting while I was watching this happen is what the hell are you doing, Miami? I mean, good God, I'd, you're up on the you know you're up. I can't remember how many points they were up. What was it four? Something they were like up that. three. I think twenty three. to seventeen. Everyone. Yeah, saying. and you had they had no timeouts. And the game is won. All you have to do is you, you, you know, kneel. formation kneel you do. nothing else. Yep. And yep. they decide to run it. And unfortunately, fumbles the, the ball is called a fumble on the field, and there wasn't really enough to overturn it. If you're a Miami fan, you're convinced the ACC is out to get you. I saw that all over the message boards. I'm sure. But it's just I you know, I, I haven't seen anything like that in person since I was a kid watching Texas playoff football that happened once, and I remember that happening, but that was, you know, high school, you know, coaches and I would have liked to have thought somebody in the Miami staff would have known better or would have said something or, hey, coach, maybe we should just take a knee. I mean, yeah. I, I, have no, I have no particular love for the Hurricanes, but, geez, I felt bad for that one player on the sideline they showed, you know, after that, you know, kind of oh, emailed some things that, yeah, that I completely understand. I had no idea what the, what the heck they were doing either, and I'll bottlerize that for the for the listeners there. But, yeah, that's yeah. – if you were lip readers, you said something else. So, but, <laughs> yeah, it was it was insane, but – I mean, be- yeah. before we get to handicapping their game this week, I think it's also just it's extraordinary to me. The Georgia Tech, I think I want to say they might have been almost three touchdown um, dogs in that game. Wouldn't, yeah, and, I think so. Yeah, and the, and they and they win. They only had like a couple hundred yards of offense, but Miami. I mean, Tyler Van Dyke threw three INT. Miami didn't look that good in that game. No. Oh, they they didn't. just had figured out how enough to win, and then they go ahead and just give it away, essentially, right? Yeah, and, but, and even after the fumble, they still had a chance on defense. They but they gave two straight pass yeah. plays just back to back, and yeah, one guy I, maybe the defense wide open for a touchdown. Too. I mean, yeah. they might have been in the you know, maybe they were in the locker room already showering and didn't realize they needed to come back out. There's no way we should, we'll be needed again. But yeah. I don't. I mean, tackle, I tackle the guy and and create a field goal situation, right? You can go to overtime and and yeah. when I don't know, but. But the crazy thing is Georgia Tech the previous week are three touchdown favorites at home versus Bowling Green, um, a horrible Mac team. And they actually get they lose by 11. I mean, it's like that that just I mean, none of it computes. Right. You're like, well, what in the heck happened that Georgia Tech can lose to Bowling Green uh, at home 
by double digits and then go down to Miami and and win as a, a three touchdown dog essentially. It's just so bowling green football is amazing, isn't it? It is, yeah. It's a crazy sport. The transitive properties never never quite work themselves out. But yeah, that's half the fun. Well, what does that tell you? Go ahead, Tom. Those trap games are just tough. <laughs> All right, yeah. All right. yeah. Well, we better be careful then. Uh, well, uh, what do you what do you think any of that tells you about Miami going up to Chapel Hill and Drake May and the Tar Heels are favored by three and a half versus Mario's a bunch? What do you think, Boomer? I think I'd go North Carolina on this one. They're they look pretty solid this year, and I think Miami's mm-hmm. going to be in some disarray after that loss. I mean, that's still got a sting, and yeah, that's Maybe just going to practice on Sunday night. I don't know. Yeah, yeah good <laughs> question, but yeah, I mean, that's got to put some questions in any of those players. There's what the hell are my coaches thinking, and is this the right thing to do? They, they might be just a little hesitant, and UNC can score, and I think that's a good opportunity for for the Tar Heels to get a big ACC win. Yeah, should be a good one. Talon? Yeah, I'll take I'll take North Carolina. I like what Boomer said. I think this is going to be a very – how do you get back into, you know, this game when you just took that loss like that? You fumble it on it with 20 seconds left, and then you let, you know, this huge touchdown go. How do you come, in, come into Chapel Hill and play one of the best quarterbacks in the country and expect to, to win when your coaches, you know, call, call plays like that? So I'll take North Carolina. I think North Carolina is a top-10 team in the country. They are that good. Drake May is that good. Um, they yeah. get their receiver back from the eligibility issue, and they're actually a really physical ball team, which I was kind of surprised about coming into this year. You know, last year that was their big downfall was they had no physicality on the offense. Their defense was a mess last year, yeah. And they've come in, they've rectified it. I think Mac Brown, you know, even though he's ninety-five years old, <laughs> he's figuring it out. So I would, I would take North Carolina. And I think be an ageist, Talon. All right. Hey, great coach. I, I think it's almost time to hang him up. You know, I mean, how long can you, how, how long? Well, can maybe you... this is the year where if you can put together a really great run here. I mean, maybe the ACC is for the taking and maybe he can make a run to the, to the playoff. Maybe um, our, our good friend Brent Sianza was just a, a year or two off from this North Carolina run into the playoff, I guess. I don't know. Uh, yeah. But this will be go a long way if they can take care of business here against Miami coming into, into the, uh, Chapel Hill. All right, guys, let's get out of here with one more uh, late night uh, game here. And the Bruins of UCLA coming off a nice little comeback win versus uh, Washington State um, taking care of business. They're really bottling up Cam Ward um, going into Corvallis and uh, the Beavers Den, Oregon State, three and a half point favorites. Uh, You know, Oregon State, um, you know, still, still scrapping here. UCLA finding ways to win games. Who's going to do it this week? Talon? I think it's going to be a really defensive matchup. I think I'm, I'm going to give it to UCLA in this game. I think they can come in off, off the hype that they just shut down a really prolific offense in Washington State, who actually beat Oregon State earlier on in the year. Uh, I don't think EJ is going to look all, this great, all that great in this game. So I'm going to take UCLA to win out this game. All right. All right. Boomer, what, what do you think? I see an over-under of 54. That could be a tempting under. Yeah, that's I, – I think I might go that route if I was going to bet on this game. This is a tough one. I mean, this is a example of who do you trust more, a, a good, a decent offense or a good defense? I mean, UCLA of all teams is playing top-notch defense, especially in the Pac-12. I mean, they're not allowing a whole lot of yards per game. They're not allowing a whole lot of you know 
opponent scoring. Um, so it really just kind of depends how much faith you have and then being able to keep that up and be able to score. And Oregon State, are they going to be able to, you know, move the ball on them? Uh, that's a tough one. But uh, I would probably take the under if I was going to bet that game. I'd go that route. If I'm picking the mm-hmm. game itself, hmm. and let's just go Oregon State. I don't know if UCLA will be able to score quite enough to win the game. They might be able to cover, but uh, yeah, let's just go with the Beavers if I had to bet. All right. Yeah, no, I hear you. I'm, I'm not for certain as this might be Pac-12 Network, which I'll be pissed off about again. But um, let's see here really quick. No, this is actually a six, uh, Fox, Fox, 7 o'clock Central Time. So should be a bit of a madhouse out there in Corvallis, I would imagine. Um, so it should be fun to watch at um, Riser Stadium. Uh, all right, guys. Um, any other games that you want to want to chat about? Are you ready for some parting shots? Maybe the Alabama Arkansas game. I think Alabama okay. is yeah. next 20 at home. I think Arkansas can cover that. Okay. Just don't have enough faith in the Alabama offense to give that much separation, huh? Yeah, I think they're a good team. I think Jalen Milrow's figuring it out. I think three uh, for 300 yards finally. Yeah. Yeah. I think Arkansas but, can just keep them in games. KJ Jefferson, can, you know, run. Yep. He can just kind of bleed out some clock and, and, uh, keep them in that football game. So I would take, I don't think they're a 20 point, you know, 20 points better than Arkansas by any means. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Boomer, you got anything on your, uh, on your sheet? No, I think I've covered most of them. So that was good. All right. All right. Well, let's uh, fire off some parting shots. All right. Parting shots. Uh, we will start with you, Boomer. Okay, well, I don't have a whole lot. You know, it's a bye week, so everyone can kind of relax and just enjoy football. It's kind of like winning winning on a Friday, so you don't have to have any stress that entire Saturday. You can just kind of... Two Saturdays and, off, man. Yeah, it's, it's kind of nice. So, yeah, you, if you want to spend some time with those weird people that live in your house, I think they call them family or something like that on a Saturday, go ahead <laughs> and do that. Or, you know, maybe check out some of the other Husker sports that are, you know, starting, I think... Uh, Softball, I think, starts playing this week. I think they've got some games. Uh, you know, if you want to go that route, there's a lot of other Husker opportunities out there. So take advantage of those too. Yeah, awesome. All right, Talon. Uh, I think we. This is a well-needed bye week. Um, we're going to get some guys healthy. I think we'll come out of it looking looking really strong. I think we'll beat Northwestern. Um, and then I, I did want to bring this up. I called uh, the Oklahoma beating Texas last week, so I just wanted to kind of put that out there. Yeah, good job. They got the they got the job done. So uh, just wanted to they uh, did horns down. Oh, I got to say yeah. that was, that was a great game um, and one where Texas really felt like they they could have really been a little more aggressive there. They uh, settle for a field goal and uh, really comes back to bite them with uh, Dylan Gabriel just orchestrating a really quick drive. I I, I looked away for a, a minute and they were already inside the twenty. It felt like I'm yep. like oh boy, and um, yeah. Yeah, Texas is going to regret that. But Oklahoma, um, great win for Venables. And, you know, we'll see how far they, he can take them. But it seems like that's going to be a Oklahoma-Texas Big 12 championship game that yeah, there ain't anything uh, Brett Yormark will want to forget. <laughs> uh, all right, guys. Uh, fun show. Uh, enjoy that uh, we uh, just get to do this and not have, uh, you know, all those other guys uh, ruining our vibe. Uh, I think we got some good picks out there. Hopefully uh, everyone else enjoyed it. Uh, For now, 
let's call that a go big redcast. A Herd at Sports Network production.